Today, I have just been doing my regular job, but I've been doing my regular job for the first day since I became older again. Oh, you did, of course. Yeah, for my birthday, I wished that all koalas would get um, cured from their sexually transmitted disease that riddles the species. And sadly, that did not come through. So I feel like I can share it now since it's already too late for them all. Did anyone like... I don't know, maybe take you out for lunch somewhere or... Yeah, I went for lunch with um, a very a very nice family member of mine, actually. Took me oh, really? To... I mean, he, he sounds great. I didn't specify the gender. Don't I was just I was presuming you were... Fr- you are just presuming <laughs> that only men can be generous. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah, well, no, that's, that's not true. <laughs> it was true. calling everyone. I know. It was really good, actually. I'd highly recommend Single End. In, yeah, uh, Single End and in, in whatever one. There's two of them. There's two. There's two. I, I really enjoyed this one. I had a calorific bacon and syrup french toast thing and you had soup it was delightful I had, I had a good huge bowl of soup some good bread a smoothie and yeah no let's let's see if they'll sponsor us not that they looked empty at any point in the day they seem to be pretty popular oh absolutely cease operates sponsored by single end please give us free stuff yeah we are yeah just give us free things now that we've officially been sponsored by you as of a minute ago yeah you've been you've been endorsed by yeah, us there we go we'll endorse that we had good serving staff, lots of nice smiles, some good little jokes. <laughs> I went to the toilet and it was it was clean, you know. It's it's the little things, it's exactly. the little touches that matter. But James, now that you're in the the twenty seven club, yeah, uh, do you feel ominous at all? About Everyone this year? dies at twenty seven. You must be very scared by now, since twenty seven is the oldest anybody that produces things gets. Well, exactly. Yeah, I've only, I mean, technically, I've only got a few months left. Well, that'll be it. Some old man. Maybe that's you avoiding death. Absolutely. And now it's coming back for you. You're gonna have like a giant plate of glass slam onto you in the pavement, crushing <laughs> you like a like a bug. Uh, I certainly hope not. But I did have a near death experience whilst driving to my godson's christening yesterday. Mm-hmm. Of all things, and uh, a deer about hundred yards ahead of me bounded out in front. Um, I saw it and I narrowly avoided two cars, and then it reached the other side of the motorway and got absolutely demolished. Oh no! By like a huge four by four, like a leg came flying off, and the rest of it went. He went like cartwheeling across the. Like it was incredible. It was horrifying at the same time. And I, I was watching back the dash cam footage because everyone should have a dash cam. And uh, yeah, they should. It's, it's like fortunately it was uh, not captured on camera, but what what was was my sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> so I. Um, Initially, as I see the deer oh, man. Uh, ahead of me, you hear me go, <gasps> and then about two seconds later, it's me going, oh! <laughs> <laughs> thing. It was, I know, I felt so bad. Like, that's like a really, really sad firework. But the- That's uh, that's both the title of the episode and um, also the part where we introduce the theme music. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, James. That was that was wonderful. The, the christening, I must say as well, was also wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Wait, is this a christening where you are, you're you're the you're the goddad? I'm the goddad. Yeah. Um, which yeah, is cool. The godpapa. And also, I was uh, told by a girl who shall remain nameless right. that she would like to have my children. Which was oh, that's nice. very strange, but very, but still quite flattering. I'm assuming you you immediately exited and um, building into some random back room 
to produce kids. I just injected, eject, oh, that's the wrong word to use. I immediately <laughs> left the venue. <laughs> no, it was just, it was absolutely surreal, bizarre. Like she was very drunk. Uh, I had had like a shot because apparently that's what godparents do in Newcastle. Right. Yeah, but was was much more in control of my senses than she was. And what was most awkward was that the boyfriend was just like chilling and he was cool with it. He was like, yeah, just, you know, do what you got to do. Yeah, if you see someone whose babies you want to produce, you better just do that. And then we were, when we were talking about like childcare duties and, you know, a timeline for this happening. Did you sign a contract that was like relinquishing your parental rights? <laughs> it was, uh, I think wearing a suit helps. You know, I had bought like brand new shoes and like right, a nice yeah, really yeah, nice yeah. blue suit uh was looking particularly dapper but despite the fact that i i convinced her several times that actually i was i was not of the baby making persuasion yeah 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 it was fantastic the day was fantastic but that was just uh the real that was the real standout point of the weekend <laughs> that was the <laughs> never mind the deer never mind the christening never mind having like parental something somethings getting getting suggested a Oh, I don't even know how to say this anymore, Colin. It's just so confusing. Okay, let's start the show then, shall we? This is Seesaw Parade, episode 169. I'm Colin and he is James. I am. Currently, I have a cat on my lap because it came up to bite me. So this is, this is how it's in trouble. Okay, right. And it's just going to have to sit there and suffer for the next four yeah, minutes. Yeah, it just came up and like bit my hand. I'm like, wait, what? So you may have heard that going down in the background there. That's what was happening. <laughs> Right, okay, well, let's let's dive in. We've got a lot uh, coming up this week, as usual. If you want to get in touch, you can do email seesawparade at gmail.com. Please do. As Izzy McLeod did, we've got a review from her Ooh. later on in the show of what she's been watching, uh, and we will get to that. But first, let's talk about Donald Trump, who is here in Britain oh, yeah. on a three-day state visit. Little Baba Trump's come to visit. Now, he uh, is, has been meeting the Queen this lunchtime, Monday lunchtime. Yeah, yeah. as of recording, has already met the Queen. They, he they has. Just bumped each other. Uh, but not before, of course, he tweeted about Sadiq Khan, the mayor of London, who he, whom he called a stone-cold loser. Yeah. Which, I mean, a, a, among Trump insults is, uh, is pretty heavy going. And um, yeah. he will then be heading to a state banquet. Uh, state banquet? Banquet. A state banquet. Yeah. Uh, right about now, at, uh, to be honest. So, James, it's being boycotted by Jeremy Corbyn, amongst other politicians. Speaker Burko, Lib Dem boy. <laughs> yep, all the big guns are staying away. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm staying away. I'm also decided not to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the main crux of the, the matter is that he's here for talks with Theresa May, uh, which are going to happen tomorrow. Um, James, do you think they should still be rolling out this whole state visit, no. royal banquet, red carpet for Trump? State visit has only happened for a few presidents, right? This is just making Trump feel even more special. This is like an official state visit. It doesn't always happen. Doesn't, you don't always have to meet the Queen. I don't understand why. Well, actually, I do. We are so desperate yeah. to make trade deals with the world now that we're leaving the good trade deal place <laughs> that we're inviting, like, a child. Right, okay. In, dressed up in a decaying adult suit to come and meet the queen and make him feel special and get a guard and do all this stuff just so he'll give us a stupid little trade deal that will just be like the eu but worse let me just play devil's advocate he is the president of the usa the, the, the arguably most the most powerful, powerful nation in the world individual in the world yeah so surely yeah part of that has to be the whole glad handing hey everybody we're super psyched to have you here yeah but like if someone is so powerful and so dumb surely you just 
don't invite them places, wait for them to not be significant anymore, and then move on with life. Do you think Theresa May would say anything to Trump, even privately, about his tweeting, particularly of Sadiq Khan, even though Sadiq Khan is, despite the fact they're on opposing parties, do you think she would say, oh, come on, Donald, there's there's no need for that now, son? I hope so. I hope more so that the Queen's just like, what did you say about Miss Markle? I heard you called her nasty. And then Trump's like, no, I didn't. Oh, he did actually. Yeah, you're right. On tape. There's there's audio of saying, yeah, I didn't realize she was that nasty. Yeah. And there he's saying he didn't do it. <laughs> so, so you're firmly on the, the side of... Why are we doing this? I'm on the side of just put Trump in jail. And until he's in jail, <laughs> ignore him entirely. Don't give him like all the spotlight that he so really does desperately wants. He's using all of this stuff to build up his image so that he can make more money to try and save himself from bankruptcy and debt without having to like get even more ties to the Russians. You know? But I just hope he goes to prison. And he will as soon as he's not president anymore at the latest. So Some would say, James, that you're very cynical of uh, Mr. Trump. And uh, whilst I am simply playing devil's advocate, surely other people would say, no, he's fine. He'll be president. He'll he'll eventually leave the office and he'll make a, a career out of public speaking or after dinner speeches, which is what the Obamas do. Trump can't do speeches. He can. You've seen it as well. There's not really a speech, but it's more of a rally. He'll continue. He will continue he, to do that. He does a train of thought. He doesn't do a speech. He does ad lib. Uh, that's true but it's like an ad lib that goes around in a circle over and over again it's a brain splurge that's what it is talks similar to like Jordan Peterson but Trump doesn't know smart words with Trump in particular he's here for three days Theresa May is obviously doing the talking but she will soon be replaced she is set to resign leave entirely uh, on June the 7th which is this Friday and she will remain as leader until somebody is found to be a replacement now at the moment yeah. There are a dozen uh, hopefuls for Prime Minister, some of whom I presume are standing simply because they want to increase their profile as opposed to actually having any chance of winning. Yeah, yeah, they know they're not going to win. They just want their name to be in the headlines for a bit. Who's it going to be? Because I spoke to some people, particularly in in, uh, in England, in England this weekend. Oh, yeah, you're in, you're in the land I that was. makes all the decisions for us. And the view there certainly was that actually it won't be Boris. Well, yeah, he's kind of lost some popularity. So who's he going to be then? I don't really see who could replace him, though. I'm really hoping it's not Jacob Rees-Mogg. Yeah. But then again, I'm hoping it's not any of them. <laughs> it's going to be one of them. That's the that's yeah, the hard that's fact. That's the problem, is it has to be one of these just vile people who don't actually care about the population. Okay, let me throw a few names at you. See what you think. Michael Gove. Uh, horrible, disgusting. Okay. Please no. Jeremy Hunt. Wait, wait, hold on. I got this one. Horrible, disgusting. Please no. <laughs> Uh, Sajid Javid. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Horrible, disgusting. Okay, please no. right. <laughs> if you had to pick one, James, you're going to have to. The, the, the if I was going to pick one, I'm going to pick Boris, because then he's going to go to prison too. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Trump actually praised uh, Trump and Trump, Farage? Trump praised Boris. He praises Nigel. Right. Do you remember when Obama was like, hey, guys, Brexit might not be a good idea? And our entire media circuit was like, Bah, the president shouldn't intervene in UK policy. And now Trump's directly supporting someone, and Trump's directly supporting some other random. And everyone's just like, yeah, okay, cool, Trump did this. Check oh, it out. Man. Look at good boy Trump supporting our, our folks. Like, what is this? What's happened? This is 2019, James. This is the world we live in. We actually, as a subject on the podcast, it was significant news enough that Obama said, 
Brexit's bad. Yeah, you're right. I remember that. The media, the media was huge on it, and we were just like, why, why are they caring so much? Obama's trying to give up, but now it's just like, yeah, go Trump. He said this. They're like we've reversed positions. I think what's interesting, <laughs> particularly with Farage, is that, and we've discussed this before. Although he is a vile cretin of a human being who uses refugees as a way to further publicize his xenophobia, uh, yeah. he is a savvy operator in which he saw the fact that the Tories and Labour had zero way of dealing with Brexit, had muddled around for two and a half years. And he was like, hey, here's a chance for me to make to, to do something. I'm going to call my party the Brexit party. Yeah. And we're going we're gonna to get stuff done. And they've obviously, they dominated the European elections. And now they're talking about getting seats at Westminster. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in terms of being an opportunist, well done. Well done, Nigel. No, absolutely. The best opportunist there is. And he's just there's this current word that's trending and it's Brexit, so he's called his party that word. It's not really the smartest move, but nobody else did it. Exactly. You know, he, he, he will get power. If we come across another general election pre-Brexit finishing and we've got a Brexit party, that will be the biggest party in the vote. Everyone's going to vote for them because all the other ones will be split up, divided amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. And then somehow we'll end up with the Brexit party ruling over us. Just before we move on to lighter matters, there's also the news from last week in which Nicola Sturgeon said that she would hold IndyRev2 in 2021, which is before her uh, initial date. In fact, no, what she said initially was it was going to be before 2021. And now she said it's going to be 2020. So well, there we go. She's really going to get a move on. Like that's just over a year's time. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, the opposing the opposing trends in Scotland are the 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 Brexiteers, which do exist. Like forty percent of Scotland, maybe at, at the at, right. at the least or most, depending on your point of view, are Brexiteers. And then there's the independence folks or the anti-Brexit folks who are now lumped together, but also are basically the other forty percent that actually account- are accounted for in the polls, right? So you're so you're saying it's ten percent on either fringe, basically. Yeah, so we've got a very small middle ground in between like independence anti Brexit and the Brexit party. And I don't know how you're gonna win either of them over to your side. But I think the SNP going for an independence referendum are appealing to more of the population than the Brexit party are. Well, just just to wrap up this, uh, to bring it full circle, Sajid Javid, whilst he was making his own pitch for Prime Minister, said that if he were Prime Minister, he would absolutely veto a second referendum, which, as we've said before, plays into the SNP's hands because they say, oh, look, bad Westminster telling us what to yeah. do again. Yeah, we got, yeah, so we got a few of the names saying no referendum. We've got a few of the names saying, if we don't get a deal, we're getting no deal. we got a few of them saying we'll veto no deal. We won't go for a no deal. But again, we don't have any power here. It's all just the EU at this point. And it has been the whole time. What's what's going on, James? What is happening? I don't even know what's, how this no is going No way to see where this is going. Everyone in the entirety of Europe is confused. <laughs> and just looking at the European elections, you're confused. And looking at the polling, for if there was a general election right now, it's confusing. And it just keeps getting messier and messier the longer we wait. And it, I'm, I, I'm tired. Right. Okay, before we get to some trailers, some movie news, and some news in brief, let's talk about what we've been watching. We've got a review from Izzy in uh, in typed word document form, so I'm going to read that. Oh. James, what have you been watching? Well, I've been watching a couple of anime. Um, <laughs> what? Series. Incredible. Uh, but they are particularly long. There's one of them I've got like 12 episodes left, so I'll probably finish, I'll probably talk about that one next week. Okay. Uh, but I haven't actually finished anything, and I've not finished any books, and I've not watched any films in the last few weeks. <laughs> 
but I will. Good. That's all. That's that's a promise. I'll hold Let you to. Let me tell you, I'm enjoying everything I'm watching. As a wee sneaky preview. Good. That that's that is good. Uh, I've got a couple of things in the list, but first, let me get to Izzy's review. Uh, again, if you would like to send in anything typed or even better audio fashion, ceaseoperate.gmail.com. Izzy says, I recently started watching the Spanish drama Money Heist on Netflix. Oh, it's been out since 2017, mm-hmm. but in looking for something new to watch, I thought I'd give it a chance. Fair enough. Absolutely. I'm not really used to watching dramas that are either subtitled or overdubbed, but since the reviews were so good, I thought it would be a pretty easy one to get into. Money Heist is based on an assault on the Royal Mint of Spain with someone called The Professor, planning, overseeing and organising everything. He's recruited eight individuals with different skills with the aim that they will print a whole heap of money in the 11 days they're inside the Royal Mint. Right, it's The Professor's Nine. Obviously, they've got the the police, a negotiator... Uh, and about 70 hostages to deal with at the same time. They use the hostages to help them achieve their goal whilst the professor deals with things from another outside location. Did I keep watching it until the end of the series? No. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> the reason's <laughs> the reason's not what you might think, though, says Izzy. The drama was really, really good. I wanted to know what was going to happen. I was really invested in the characters. But there was one thing that just began to grate on me and really began to take away the enjoyment, and that was the overdubbing. Interesting. Oh, never do dubbing. Never Obviously, watch shows with dubs. With being a Spanish drama, Netflix decided to edit and overdub with American voices. They are just awful. They don't have any of the passion or the drive that comes across on the screen, which is maybe because they weren't having to actually act the part. It seems so out of sync and really detracted from my enjoyment of the series, grating on me every time I turned it on. It's got to the point where I've stopped watching it and now I'm searching for a non-dubbed, subtitled version that I could get onto instead. Verdict, give it a go. Wait. Maybe you won't find the overdubbing as bad as I did and the acting and storyline are really good. If anybody finds a subtitled version... Let me know. Thanks, we're, Izzy. We're joking. There's the subtitle version isn't available. Apparently not. On on Netflix. That's ridiculous. You you bring it up with Netflix, son. There there's like very few foreign language films that are as good dubbed as they are in their original. I can't think of any which are better overdubbed. And yeah, so very rarely we come out with some like anime film where they get a good cast of professional voice actors to do the English dubbing, and yep. it's great, because they've actually spent money on it. True. But most of the time, it's just Netflix or whatever doing all their own in-house cheap version, and it's terrible. Never watch dubs. Uh, I'm surprised, actually, that, that Netflix didn't have that. Yeah, and, and when you're looking at a live-action film that's overdubbed, you can't, like... When something's animated, at least the mouth movements aren't super easy to understand on their own. <laughs> yeah. But when you're watching an, a live-action film that's overdubbed, and the mouth movements like are very clearly not aligned up because we're we're pretty good at lip reading even if we don't know how to do it oh yeah it's even more awkward so always have subtitles and I'm, it's a shame if netflix have like released a show in it in, with overdubbing but you, they haven't given you the option to have the subs on right james let me tell you of, of two things i've watched this week uh two one movie and one parrot like a parody movie oh first one the first one I like talk about right. book smart uh-huh which is a brand new film directed by Olivia Wilde, who is a famous actress. You may recognize the name. She is. She is. About uh, two, it's a coming of age film. Last day of high school, two American teenagers realize they've been all work and no play. Right. And decide to go wild on their last night. Mm -hmm. Now, although that premise sounds tired and overused and yes i've seen that film before yeah let me challenge that and say this is one of the most fun films i've seen this year it's just it's 
funny. It's really funny. It's it's a gross out comedy. So there are parts of it which are a bit like, oh, that's gross, but it's still kind of funny. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's well yeah. directed. You know, Olivia Wilde clearly just knows where to point the camera, and uh, it's well acted too. Uh, and it's filled with high profile actors in much lesser roles. Jason Sudeikis being one of them. Uh, but it's just, it's a load of fun. It's only out in the cinema for a little bit longer. Uh, so if you fancy a, a, an enjoyable coming-of-age teen film, watch that. It's great. Hey. And then I've also watched, and this is on Netflix, a 30-minute film by The Lonely Island called The oh. called the Unauthorized Bash Brothers Experience. Is that filmed by Mike Diva? So this is about two baseball players. One is called Jose Conseco other uh mark mcguire who were famous baseball players in the 90s jose conseco is actually mentioned in liar liar right yeah uh, jim carrey's um, character is being dragged screaming out the courtroom shouting jose conseco's name so clearly uh, two high profile baseball players who had a bit of a shady past with steroids and the lonely island have decided to create a half hour musical poem that's what they describe it as a half hour musical poem yeah. to these Two baseball stars. Yeah. It is, without doubt, the weirdest thing I've seen this year. Uh-huh. I would, honestly, I'd if you've got half an hour to spare, watch it. I would love to see what you think. Yeah. It's got some really high-profile cameos. You'd see them and you're thinking, how did they get him to do that? Right, yeah. Uh, and it's very similar to, to some of their other uh, parody mockumentaries they've done in the past. Uh, they did one, which I only re- which I only heard about last week called Seven Days in Hell, about the longest Wimbledon match in history, which is a spoof, obviously, mm-hmm. with Kit Harrington, a.k.a. Jon Snow, in the lead role, yeah. alongside Andy Samberg. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they also did uh, a, a spoof of the Tour de France with um, Orlando Bloom and, again, Andy Samberg from, from the Lonely Island. So they, clearly there's an appetite for them, and this has been well-received, but my goodness, it's just the weirdest thing you've ever yeah. seen. The hearing is weird is not surprising to me because i am going to flex my random knowledge of random oh. things and say it was actually directed by mike diva of youtube <laughs> youtube fame i don't know who that is he's just some guy that's been like he started off with like weird vfx videos and built up from there to become like bigger budget weird vfx videos he's been doing a bunch of adverts for tv for us tv i mean visually always weird visually it looks great and it is weird yeah, yeah. visually it's, it's very interesting so it's directed by someone with a youtube background so it's yeah it's gonna be weird <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah, if you've got a half hour to spare, it's, it's basically half an hour on the nose. And stick through the credits as well, I'd also say that. Oh. Um, it's just, oh, it's, it's utterly bizarre. But if you've got, if you've made dinner, you're sitting down to something, chuck on this, the unauthorized Bash Brothers experience. Let me know what you think, because, oh man, I'm still thinking about that. Uh, still thinking about it. And I watched it like four days ago. Oh, there we go. That sounds good. Okay. Let's move on, shall we? Yep. Uh, Let's talk trailers, and this one I am very excited for. This is the first trailer for Ford versus Ferrari, which, uh, the name kind of tells you what it is. Uh, Several decades ago, and Ford attempting to beat Ferrari in the world's most famous endurance car race, Le Mans, starring Matt Damon, Christian Bale, uh, John Bernthal, our faves, Here's the trailer. Suppose Henry Ford II wanted to build the greatest race car the world's ever seen to win the 24 hours of Le Mans. What's it take? Well, it takes something money can't buy. Money can buy speed. What well, in about speed? You need a pure racer behind the wheel of your car. That's Ken Miles. I don't trust him an inch. 
We heard he's difficult. No, no, Ken's a puppy dog. No, whatever it is, Shell, no. Trust me. James, yeah. this film is rumoured to be amongst the Oscar hopefuls for next year. Yeah. What did you think of this? It looks like an Oscar hopeful for next year. It, yep, uh, it does yeah. look like an Oscar hopeful. We got cast doing intense acting. We got, yep. we got very nice shots. Well composed. Uh, it's a, like the trailer's average, I'd say. But yep. you get to see how, how pretty the film is and how intense the film is. And it's a drama about two real people. And the Oscars love dramas about real real things that happened recently, but within yeah, it's the living memory of the judges. Based based on a true story yeah. as well. It's, yeah. it's, it's got that tagline. Let me just uh, let me throw a spanner in the works here, James. I'm going to suggest something oh, which yeah, I've never okay. suggested yeah. before. Spanner in the works of the racing car film. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I know that neither of us like trailers which tell you exactly what the film is. Yeah. Which this film, which this trailer does. Yeah. But let me just argue that because the title is Ford versus Ferrari, we already know what it's going to be about. Well, yeah. So I'm okay with it. No, and because it's a real story, we already know how it ends, right? So when you got something like this, which is based on or is like very, very, very intensely based on a, a true story, the more true, the less spoiler the trailer can possibly be because you already know all the spoilers. <laughs> right. Again, these racing car puns are getting very good. Absolutely. It's it's uh, like you already planned them, but I'm going to put the brakes on and uh, see. <laughs> now they got bad all of a sudden. <laughs> We're going to take a handbrake turn and go into... I was going to say hairpin turn. Far yeah. better racing pun. What is this, Colin? Uh, how well, handbrake turn the same thing. Um, you're you know, right. Handbrake and Ferraris? The, 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 the trailer itself was... It was fine, like it was okay. You probably do handbrake and Ferraris. I'm sure, yes, I'm sure people do. Uh, it was a fine, it was a fine trailer, nothing to shout about, but I'm yeah, excited for the it. movie itself because I'm sure it will be excellent. I'm confident, it'll be that. a great movie, I'm sure. A good, and it's a good race, and it's a good story, so yeah, great. Let's discuss another film franchise which is coming back for zero reason, yeah, definite Oscar hopeful Rambo. Now, this, of course, is the franchise starring Sylvester Stallone, which was big in the 1980s. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone, who is like 70-something. Yeah, absolutely, and the 90s too. This is the first trailer for Rambo Last Blood, which I presume is code for last time we're doing one of these films. We're going to have an actual Son of Rambo film next. It's going to be official. Here's, here's a clip from the trailer. I've kept my secrets. But the time has come to face my past. And if it comes looking for me, they will welcome death. Right, James, give me your thoughts on this. I thought the music was a weird choice, but it's fine. He's 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 retired to the to the out, to the outback or whatever. <laughs> um, but no, it, like it looks as as gruesome as you'd expect from a Rambo film. I'm keen. Like when you watch a Rambo film, you're not going in for this like deep and meaningful cinematic experience. You're going in to watch Rambo kill a bunch of people <laughs> in brutal ways, setting traps for them, and you know getting bloodied himself on the on the journey. And it looks like it just does that. <laughs> So I'm keen. Well, I will add to that and say, actually, I thought the trailer was really effective. I, the, the music choice is odd. I think it's just a popular song right now, right? It, it is, it is. Uh, and it does give the, the, the trailer a certain spin, which I guess you could have achieved by using 
uh, Johnny Cash hurt, but that's what Logan did. Yeah, they tried to do Logan's trailer. <laughs> well, see, this is exactly, this is absolutely the vibe I get off this trailer. I, I watched it and I felt like I was watching Logan from two years ago. Yeah, Logan, but with less character motivation. Absolutely, but I can, I can absolutely understand the vibe they're going for. I can almost guarantee that somebody who's been involved in the creation of this Rambo Last Blood has seen Logan and has said, hey, that's a great idea. Let's just make Rambo really old. Oh, wait, he is old. And we'll just do that. It is a great idea. It, it genuinely is. Get all the aging actors back. Yeah, as you were saying, get all the aging actors back to do their stuff. Do it well. Make it realistic. Don't try and make them young again. Just do the films gritty. Do the films well, and it will be fun to watch. Okay, we're, we're running out of time. Seeing as we've talked about Logan, let's talk about X-Men, which is out Wednesday, by the way. Uh, the oh, oh, yeah, it Finally, is. <laughs> after... <laughs> Man, I'm not watching Delays that. and delays. I'm going to watch it, but uh, okay. it's finally out Wednesday, so I'll have a review of that next week. But let's just talk about this uh, interview that Matthew Vaughn gave, talking about this newest incarnation of the X-Men, which has been X-Men First Class, X-Men Days of Future Past, X-Men Apocalypse, and now this one, Dark Phoenix. So in the interview, he explains that Days of Future Past, which is the only film which has the original X-Men, so Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, Halle Berry, and their younger counterparts, Michael Fassbender, James McAvoy. It's a real... And Halle Berry. And Halle Berry. It's a real blockbuster in that it brought together both eras. Now, in this interview, Matthew Vaughn says that film was meant to be the end of a trilogy. Yeah. And there was going to be another film in the middle to essentially bridge the gap. Yeah. What do you think of this This think, uh, this revelation? I, yeah, I really wish that happened. So do I. I. So badly wish that was the timeline we lived in. Oh, man. I'm gutted. Hearing this, knowing that he had a plan and that had a, it had a film to bridge the gap that would make us like the characters we're working with even more and then we'd get to watch everyone working together. That would have been so good. Such a good trilogy. Do, do you know what, what really annoys me? That it didn't happen? (laughs) Lots of things. But (laughs) um, particularly with this, is that in the interview, and they they chat to some, uh, as as a background piece, they chat to some uh, industry insiders. And the chat is that the executives just saw the dollar signs of having all these megastars in the one film and said, right, make that film right now. Yeah, skip to it. We don't want those dollars in two years. We want them now. (laughs) As opposed to... Actually, no, that would be a great end to the trilogy. And if you remember that film, it does have an excellent ending. Yeah. And instead... It was a good film. It was. It wasn't, like, it wasn't, it wasn't a spectacular film, but it was very no, good. Was, yeah, absolutely. And now to, to look back at it and see it's only the second film and the third film, Apocalypse, which was a apocalyptic disaster. Hey. Just makes me... It does make me sad. I'm, I actually am sad. Like, and granted, it's not real sadness. It's just kind of like... <laughs> Imagine what we could have had sadness yeah. if walked down the toy aisle and not bought anything <laughs> sadness. Uh, but I just, yeah, I'm, I'm gutted okay. that we didn't get this 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 trilogy, and instead we got like this mess of films since then. Let's talk about some movie news from the week, starting with the Batman, which has been popping up on the show for the last forever. This news sneaking out of the darkness is that Robert Pattinson. Yeah, there's finally light at the end of the tunnel here. Robert Pattinson has been cast as Batman. The news this week is that he's starting a new trilogy. This is going to be three films with Robert Pattinson uh, as uh, the the eponymous character, which is a change. 
because initially it was meant to be grizzled old Ben Affleck in his last his last days as the hero. Whereas now, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, Batman going out in a blaze of Rambo. Absolutely. Uh, whereas this one's now, according to the uh, production house, going to be looking at his formative years as a detective. All right, yeah, young Batman so, doing detective yeah. stuff. That's what we've been asking for. After the Gotham series, we want to see a young Batman. So this, oh boy, this is exciting. this is interesting. But as we've said before. Robert Pattinson's actually three years older. He'll be four years older by the time they start shooting than Christian Bale was when they did their original trilogy. Yeah. And also, that trilogy is only just over 10 years old. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm okay with this because it's going to be a new set of films, you know, looking at a different part, kind of, of, uh, of the Bruce Wayne story. And Robert Pattinson, actually, despite some initial uh, backlash to that, I'm actually okay with it. I think he'll be good. He'll be good. And, you know, Hollywood magic. All actors between the age of 20 and 60 look somewhere in their 30s or 40s. And it is... The youngness is fine. Okay. You can you can build use from that, no matter what. Um, it should be fine. It should be good. DC doing something interesting. I'm excited for trying a different hand rather than going full-blown massive film and instead just have it like ground-level detective work. That's cool. I hope he doesn't save the planet. Not even once. <laughs> Okay, lastly from the from the world of movies, Snow White is getting a live action remake. Hooray. <laughs> That's also so cool. <laughs> Disney doing something fresh and interesting. Absolutely. So this is the news that Mark Webb, who was the director for Spider-Man Homecoming and also 500 Days of Summer, which are both excellent. He's been chosen as the director of this live-action remake, which at the moment uh, has about that. It's got the screenwriters, it's got this director. That's all we know. It's question is, who are they going to cast as the dwarves? I don't know, actually. I wonder if they'll get actual dwarves or will they... Are they going to get Peter Dinklage? Oh, surely. That's a... To be sneezy. That is too good an opportunity to mess up. Yeah. Let me add at this point as well that Disney <laughs> are also... also Gary Oldman, who, who, who's an expert at playing dwarves. Of course, he's, he's had that really famous role in a film which was terrible, which but he was really good in it. <laughs> did, you also, did you also see the news that Disney's working on a TV spin-off about Snow White's sister, Rose Red. Oh. Who knew she had a sister? I didn't know that. I don't know. The sister's the second most beautiful person in the land. I mean, does it mean... The queen <laughs> also wants her to die. Does it just, like, all her siblings have the same formula for their name? A thing followed by a colour. Snow White. Rose Red. Well, the red rose is backwards. Surely it'd, be, surely it'd be Rose Red. That's what I said, Rose Red. All right, yeah. I just realised. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, man. I'm not excited for this. Can we actually, actually, you know, I don't want to care about Disney making TV shows about dumb stuff. I don't care about Marvel making TV shows about dumb stuff. DC are releasing Swamp Thing and apparently it's good. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Who'd have thought it's it? It's like, it's not going to be critically acclaimed, I don't expect, but Rotten Tomatoes reviews are, are, are doing well. Is, is Swamp Thing Snow White's brother? Swamp Thing is, yes. Uh, it should be Swamp Green. I mean, Disney probably own it right <laughs> amongst everything else they own so technically i'm talking about disney anyway oh, but man. right D- but dc who can't make good films are making another good tv series apparently good stuff okay let's almost uh, time to finish up let's just talk uh, briefly two final items one is facebook who last week uh, refused to delete a clearly photoshopped slash doctored video of the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, in which the video appeared to show her drunk, stammering through a speech. It had just been very well edited. Yeah. Now, 
Nancy Pelosi has come out and has slammed Facebook and saying, why on earth are you doing this? You're clearly backed up by the Russians, blah, blah, blah. Does she have a point? I mean, there's their job to, apparently, it's Facebook's job to make sure that everything on their site is true. They've said so themselves. They want to make sure they only have things that are real on their website. Uh-huh. So I don't understand how they can make this exception. A hashtag free speech, maybe? But it's not free speech at this point. For these corporations, because they've all agreed to start monitoring all things, YouTube does it, they have to monitor everything. They have to try and push the truth. So Facebook's like pu- 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 putting Wikipedia links under stuff to redirect you to the truth. And YouTube's doing the same. And right. If they've got a blatant like edit that is not being marketed as satire, but isn't being marketed as like news, they should remove it because it isn't news. And they're hosting it. I have turned, I've changed my mind about this purely because the companies have set the precedent themselves at this point. If the companies are all going to do it, they better do it for everything. You either have to not do it at all, or you've got to monitor and delete and moderate everything. So since they've decided they're going to moderate some things, they've got to step up and do this one too. Okay, lastly, we're going to finish on some good news. Castor Semenya, who you may recall from a few weeks ago, the 800-meter Olympic champion who last month lost her challenge at the court of arbitration against a ruling which meant she was going to have to take testosterone-boosting drugs, uh, has been told that actually that's been suspended yeah. and she can compete without using them. She can carry on being hurt. So she appealed at the decision and that has been temporarily suspended. Uh, basically, they're going to look into it one more time and... Um, that's great. I, mean, I understand the, the tricky situation people are in. They want all competition to be fair. So you got like you got you got people that are just winning because of their biology, and then you've got um, runners who used to be men and now they're women, and they they're racing as women, and people are up in arms about this. And it is it's like it's, it's a tricky situation, but you've got to try and be fair to the runner. So that's now been suspended uh, pending a future decision, but. Um yeah, I mean, it's it's a difficult one. It is a difficult one. But uh, yeah, you can't just discriminate a runner. If you're saying you can't run here, you got to say where they can run and win, right? You can't just be like, don't run. Nope, you're not allowed in any of these events. Away you go. You got to say where the rules are, where they can run, what they can't do. Maybe the, the answer for them is eventually going to be to set up like this third race oh man people who don't fit into the men's or women's races it's like we're going way too far yeah, here to keep it simple <laughs> if they win they win that's fine yeah okay well just to just to finish on a funny personal anecdote related <laughs> very very obliquely to this story i went to the gym okay. on uh, on friday with peter mckay if you right if that name rings any bells to anybody uh and just before i went I guzzled an entire energy drink and then outlifted him. Calling to you. I then outlifted him in in like multiple disciplines, yeah. which I very, very rarely, if ever, managed to do. Right, yeah. And I felt like being like, mate, I cheated. <laughs> I took, I took, I took an energy, I took an energy drink. drink. I've taken performance enhancing, enhancing drugs. It is. It's just some of them are legal, right? I just didn't. I just didn't tell him. I was like, yeah. Beat you. Yeah, I'm, I'm so strong. I've been working real hard. Absolutely. Right, James. Uh, how do people get in touch if they would like to do so? If you want to pitch to us your performance enhancing drugs and why we should use them, you can email or us. Or cocaine. Cocaine's also great. Cocaine. That, yeah, that'll let you lift twice what you used to be able to. It will, it will allow you to go around to the gym in double the speed you usually do in half the time. Exactly. Anyway, email us, seesawparade at gmail.com. You can tweet us at seesawparade. You can Snapchat Colin at seesawparade. Yeah, I sometimes log into that. 
Yeah, I never do. Uh, <laughs> there's other things like Facebook. There's like real life conversation. You know, there's all kinds of stuff. There's so there's so many ways that people are just clearly bamboozled by it and they they can't pick one. That's that's just what That'll it is. That'll be it. We've got to limit the number of ways. <laughs> Scratch that. There's not so many options. You can only tweet us. You can only, only. email. If you see us in real life. You may not talk to yeah, us. Yeah, we're going to redirect you. We are only to be reached through official means. Yeah, we're going to redirect you to tweet us instead if you do see us in person. Yeah. Right, okay, James, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. I'll see you soon. Hi. Have a blast. Goodbye, Rambo.